0: Hey everyone, before we get started, I wanted to let you know about a deal that I have secured with Legacy Food. Now, Legacy Food is the only long-term food storage company that I recommend. I am an affiliate for them, but I have secured a 20% off of everything on their website. And this is specifically for Prepper website listeners and readers, and so I'm really happy to be able to offer this to you. Nobody else's has this offer on on the internet right now, and so it's a it's a really great deal. Um, Legacy Food back when COVID hit, you know, they were running really really uh, late shipments because everybody wanted long term food storage. Right now, they're back to three to five days when you place your order. So if you are in the market for long term food storage really consider legacy food. They're the best tasting. They're the best value. You can get a great deal. And even if you're not looking to stock up on long-term food storage, you might want to consider getting a grab and go bucket. So there's a link in the show notes so that you can go straight over there. And then you uh, will have a a code that you can put in so that you can get your 20% off. This deal is only running from April 26, 2021 to May third, twenty 2021. So it's only about a week long so that you can get this offer. All right, now to the podcast. This is episode 690 of the Prepper website podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life, so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's episode, 11 Survival Hacks Using Soda Cans. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on PrepperWebsite, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other Preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website. Other benefits include members-only video, periodic webinars, and bi-monthly online meetups. This is a great value for $20 a year. To join the community, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Well, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Prepper website podcast. I'm so glad that you are here. Hey, last week I kind of teased that I was working on a project and I was going to share it this week, and uh, I am. So I'm sharing it with you first here on the podcast, and then I'll be announcing it other places uh, like on the website and social media and different things like that. So let me tell you what I am doing in my, in my newest project. Coming off of Winter Storm Yuri. Where Texas kind of went uh, went nuts, right? So we didn't have electricity, we didn't have water, and uh, it was a big, you know, a big ordeal. Everybody uh, heard about that, it was the conversation of a lot of people in preparedness for, uh, you know, probably for a month, and maybe still is. Coming off of that, I really felt led to start focusing on preparedness and teaching others to prepare on a more basic level. And so this isn't uh, for your experienced preppers, right? This, This isn't for people who have, I mean, people who are experienced are more than welcome to participate, but I really want to focus on those that are not prepared or those that have no clue. And one of the reasons being is I heard some horrible stories like people dying because they brought in a charcoal fire into their home. I mean, that should be common sense. Most people know that that is common sense. But when you are desperate and you're looking at your kids that are cold and you're trying to figure out how to, you know, stay warm, you know, people do dumb things and we want to make sure that people don't do dumb things. And so I really want to focus on this basic emergency preparedness. So I've uh, purchased a domain called preparednesswebinars.com. And I plan on offering webinars to to people out there. And I'm really going to be focusing on not necessarily the preparedness community. I'm going to be trying to target people who are not familiar with preparedness. As a result, I'm going to need to go to these places where these people are. the normal places that I would promote something like on the website and on the podcast and through email and uh, even on the social media channels that Prepper website has is not going to be enough. So I'm going to have to go where the people are and understand that part of that is going to be being on Facebook. And I absolutely, you know how I feel about Facebook, but that's unfortunately where people are, even with all the things that have gone on, people are still on Facebook. And so being able to get these people to be better prepared and maybe along the lines they realize that Facebook isn't the best place for them. So I am going to be targeting, you know, the social medias and things like that, but what I really truly need is I need your help to be able to promote these places or this this website preparednesswebinars.com in places where it's not, you know, normally, you know, a prepper social media or community, or you know what I'm saying there, right? So um, if you would help me, that would be great. So again, I'm not saying that people who are already in the preparedness community wouldn't benefit from this, but I'm really going to be targeting people who are not familiar with preparedness, or maybe they just, they've heard some things before. They've read some articles that people have shared things out, but I'm really going to be focusing on this. So my first webinar is going to be March 20th. 2021. So that's a Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. It is going to be over, it's going to be an embedded video over at preparednesswebinars.com. So I've been working on the website, I've been working on the email, I've been working on all the the things uh, on the back end to to be ready to promote this in, in so many different ways. So again, I would really ask for your help in sharing this out to family and friends. And I'm really Focusing on not looking at the, the SHTF and, and EMPs and all those different kinds of things, and really focusing on just your regular emergency preparedness to get people into it and to get people into thinking about uh, emergency preparedness and what they need to have, the basics of what they need to have. And then we're going to build from there. We're going to move forward from there. I mean, hurricane season is coming up. And so, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of people interested in that. They're saying it's going to, there's a lot of storms, a lot of name storms or whatever, you know, and so I I just feel like I want to get people better prepared and uh, I want to do my part. And so if you could help me, I would greatly appreciate it. So the website is preparednesswebinars.com. There is a link there to sign up for the webinars. And from there, it it will kind of register them and enroll them uh, into the the whole ecosystem of preparedness webinars and getting them to think about uh, emergency preparedness in a greater, greater way. So again, thanks so much for Uh, your part in in doing this and sharing this out. If you do that, I greatly appreciate it. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about the article of this podcast. uh, And that is 11 survival hacks using soda cans. So before I start here, I want to share a story. It's like, yeah, this is story time with Todd. So I went to a, I grew up going to a private school. My parents sent me to a private Christian school uh, growing up and this was really far away from our home and the private school offered bus pickup and because we were so far away i mean it was like they had two different buses one would handle all the the, the north side of the city the other would handle the southern uh, half of the city and so um because we were really far out we would uh, i would be on the bus for like an hour and uh, there was uh, i was usually like the second person on the bus and always had my choice of the seats and all that kind of stuff, and uh, really, really enjoyed that. But I mean, again, I was on the on the bus for an hour. So one of the the, the guys that was on uh, that would ride the bus. As we got closer into town, he lived by this house here in the Houston area. I mean, it was like uh, two doors down from him. That was known as the the beer can or aluminum can house. And that's really what it was from our perspective. And we just saw that it, there was just tons of alum, aluminum cans. Well, later on, it got pretty famous. And it, you know they've had different uh, you know, documentaries made and stuff like that. It's known as the Beer Can House. And I really wanted to see if it was still around because we would always drive by there. And it was always one of those things, you know, this topic of conversation. And we would ask him, hey, do you know this guy? And like, yeah, I mean, he knew him and, and he was always out there doing things. And So when I started thinking about this article, I mean, I just naturally went back there. I mean, all those years of of passing by that home, and I actually looked up this uh, aluminum can. It's known again, it's known as the beer can home in Houston. If you if you just search for that, you'll find it. And one of the top links is uh, I think the orange show and there's a little video on there. And so it is it is there. They think there's like 50,000 aluminum cans make up this home. And uh, you can take tours of it, you know, so you can go and take a tour and then go through all the ins and outs of the of the home and everything. But there's a lot of things you can do with aluminum cans and beer cans, soda cans, whatever, um, aluminum cans. And so this article talks a little bit about those. I'm going to come back after at the end of the article because I looked up some other ones because doing Prepper website for so long, I have run across other articles that were where you could use aluminum cans in different ways. So there's more than just 11 ways. Now, there's a lot of ways you can use it, but this article is specifically talking about survival. And so let's go ahead and jump into it again. uh, 11 survival hacks using soda cans. It's coming to us from urbansurvivalsite.com. And so let's go ahead and jump into this one. They're strong, flexible, sharp, and very adaptable. Whether you're in a wilderness survival situation or without heat in a Texas snowstorm, some survival hacks using aluminum soda cans could quickly save the day. A few simple tools can make quick work of soda can craft, but even if you're in the woods naked and afraid, you can adapt an empty aluminum can in a variety of ways without tools. So here are the basics that we're going to cover. Water purification, a tender trap, signal mirror, canteen, knife, wild forage storage drinking cup candle lantern cook stove and heater survival whistle fish hook and that's it so that'll make up 11 and like i said guys i'll come back at the end and uh, talk a little bit about uh other things that you can do all right so soda can craft 101 so here's the telegram the thin aluminum on aluminum cans is extremely sharp That's a good thing if you're trying to craft a knife, and the flexibility of aluminum makes it easy to puncture, cut, and manipulate, but be careful. If you have gloves, wear them. You're essentially working with sheet metal, and any sheet metal worker will be the first to tell you gloves are a really good idea. There's an assortment of tools that will come in handy if doing any work on aluminum cans, including tin snips, heavy-duty scissors, or shears, needle nose pliers, a hammer, and a hole punch. There's a good chance most of us could find those in our garage, but if you're stranded in the woods, it's highly unlikely that you've picked some tin snips, let alone any of those other tools. Even without tools, you can actually do a lot when the only tool you have is an empty aluminum can you found in the forest. You'll just have to improvise with sharp sticks, stones, and some carefully twisting and pulling. Most of us might have a knife, and if you do, you're pretty much good to go. So tips for working with aluminum cans. The easiest way to cut into an aluminum can with tin snips or scissors is by starting a slit with a knife. You then insert the shears into the split to begin your cut. If all you have is a knife, use a sawing motion along the slit. Many of these ideas require joining two halves of a can together. You need to crimp the rim of one of those halves to force fit them. Needle-nose pliers are best, but you can improvise with a split in a stick pushing down on the edge of the can, rim, and twist. The easiest way to punch holes is with a nail. An improvised alternative is a stick sharpened to a point with its tip hardened into fire. You can either hold the can and puncture it or place the can on a hard surface like a log or stump and drive the point home with a rock. A knife tip twisted into the aluminum will also do the trick. All of this might be a good argument for including at least one nail in your survival kit. And guys, I'll just stop really quick here. One of the things too that I've noticed when I've seen a lot of uh, people working with aluminum cans on YouTube is just a multi-tool. And one of those uh, I'll describe here in just a minute, Uh, but having a multi-tool will deal with all of these things here that you're you're talking about. So try to do a small fold over on any exposed aluminum edge, especially if you might be handling that part of the aluminum or putting them up to your lips for a sip of water or to blow a whistle. So fold the seams tip. We might be wearing gloves while we're working with the sheet aluminum, but we don't wear them all the time, especially on our lips. If you had the presence of mind to tightly roll and pack a yard of one half inch wide duct tape in your survival kit, you can accomplish a lot with waterproofing your can, including making a canteen for transporting water. Folding a piece of aluminum back and forth repeatedly will eventually cause it to break along that seam. Good to know if you have no way to cut your can. A small piece of aluminum can be cut, bent, and pounded flat with a rock to create joints or hinges if you need one. So let's go ahead and talk about these 11 survival hacks. The first one is water purification. A lot of pocket-sized pre-packed survival kits seem to have everything. Unfortunately, they often fall short when it comes to water collection, purification, and storage. An aluminum can will save the day with a minimal amount of work It will let you boil water from a natural water source for the three minimum minutes recommended for purification. All you have to do is find the can, fill it with water, and start the fire. So remember, that is three minutes of boiling, right? So uh, just FYI on that one. So the materials that you'll need, one aluminum can and one sharpened and peeled stick about 12 inches long. So the directions, make two holes toward the top of the can You'll insert the stick through these holes when you want to remove it from the fire. Number two, filter the water through some fabric into the can and place it on or near the fire until the water boils. Boil for at least three minutes and then carefully insert the stick through the holes to lift the can out of the fire. So there's a lot of pictures here in this uh, article that will help you to kind of visualize what they're doing. But basically, it's just exactly what he described here is you're poking holes in the very top and you're putting this, you know, on coals and letting it, um, you have to be careful because aluminum can, you know, melt uh, if it's getting really hot. So, you, you know, even if you have to maybe run a little bit of rope through there, maybe some uh, paracord or something like that to maybe keep it off of the fire or, uh, you know, that would be that would be something that you might want to think about. But uh, boiling water, man, I've seen on, uh, was it dual survivor? I, I've seen them boil water in all different kinds of things. So it is definitely it, even in a plastic bottle. So, uh, it's definitely doable, but you have to watch the height of, uh, the, the, whatever you're boiling in, right? Whatever canister or can or a bottle you're boiling in, uh, as in relation to the fire. Hey everyone. I wanted to break into this episode to tell you about a new outdoor website called Rerouted. Rerouted provides a central online point of contact that allows outdoor enthusiasts to buy and sell used gear. The goal of this new marketplace is actually something familiar to all of us, sustainability. Rerouted is providing a marketplace to buy and sell used but quality gear. When you visit Rerouted, you will notice a sell gear link at the top. Rerouted makes it easy to upload your pictures, write a description, and sell your old gear that is just taking up space in your closet or garage. You will always earn more money selling to someone who understands quality gear than just trying to put it up on Craigslist or a similar website. So if you are looking for your next piece of rain gear, canteen, backpack, or even snow boots, Rerouted is the place for you. If you haven't checked out Rerouted yet, head on over to their site they are adding new gear every day. The website is rerouted.co. That's rerouted.co. Go check them out. I'll post a link in the episode notes to make it easy for you. Rerouted gear, sustainable future, new adventures. Now back to the podcast. All right, so the second thing here to to move forward is a tinder trap. So dry, flammable tinder is critical to successfully starting any fire. This is particularly true if you're using a fire stick or other alternative fire starting method. Unfortunately, great tinder is sometimes hard to find. Dried cattail fronds are good along with birch bark shavings, dried and crushed pine, needles, fabric, dry reindeer moss, and especially char cloth, which is a somewhat burnt and blackened piece of fabric. So regardless of what and where you find your tinder, it's important to keep it as dry as possible, and it's great if you can store the surplus. This tinder trap, Concept is the foundation for some other ideas and is basic and it basically provides you with a resealable water-resistant container for tinder. So what you're going to need is two aluminum cans, knife or shears, needle nose pliers, or a stick with a split. So the directions: cut the cans in half. Set the halves with the pop-up tap opening aside. You want to use the two bottoms of the cans. Crimp the edges of one of the cans with the needle nose pliers or by working the split stick along the edge with repeated twists. Place your tinder into the can with the crimped edges. and Take the uncrimped half can and press it over the bottom crimped can and push together until tightly sealed. To open twist off the top and retrieve your tinder. So basically guys is making a little canister so that you can keep things dry. You can also use the bottom of one of the cans to hold your tinder in a dry and high spot to make it easier to use your fire stick or drop your hot coals from a bow and arrow drill and blow your tenders into a flame so they're using it just as a as a place so that you can be hands-free all right good stuff here number three signal mirror anyone lost or stranded in the wilderness can increase their odds of being found if they can use a signal mirror to attract someone to their location The bottom of an aluminum can will make an effective signal mirror, but it will require some polishing. The good news is that this is another improvised tool that requires minimal labor on the can. You don't have to cut or crimp a thing, just do some polishing on the concave bottom of the can. Natural polish options include chocolate, toothpaste, mud, and clay. You make a paste and either use your fingers, some moss, or a piece of fabric to rub and buff and rub and buff some more. Check your progress as you go and try reflecting the polished can bottom into the ground and surrounding trees to see how you're doing. When you're satisfied, you can effectively signal. All you have to do is find someone or something in the distance that can see it. Number four is a canteen. If you're stranded or lost without a canteen or some other way to store and transport water, you're going to be at the mercy of your next wild water source. A few cans will quickly make for a watertight canteen or two that will allow you to hold and transport your recently purified and precious water. This is where a short length of tape really helps. You can still create a fairly watertight seal without it, but the idea is to keep the water, not slowly lose it to a leak. So the materials are two cans for each canteen, shears or a knife, needle nose pliers or a stick with a split to crimp the edges, and enough duct tape or other tape to seal the seam around the can. Cut Number one, cut the tops off of both cans just under the rim. Crimp the edges of one of the cans. Fill the crimped can with water and press the other can over the top and push down until tight. Apply tape around the seam if you have it or roll the dice without it. To open, twist the can and pull up. So this is another take on the tender trap. It's just a little bit taller, a little bit bigger uh, and so that you can use it that way. I don't know. I think that I might would rather uh, not cut two cans and just use um, the two cans, fill them up with water and try to secure them some way. Uh, it, you know, maybe even stick some, I don't know, like a, uh, some kind of limb or something, you know, some uh, type of tree bark or whatever that would hold um, or keep the water in. You could still lose it uh, if you know if you're walking and hiking and all that kind of stuff, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I think I would want to use both cans for water if I was really purifying water out there in in the uh, in the wilderness. So number five is a knife. So this is simple. You want to cut a section of aluminum from a can and then embed the strip of aluminum in a split cut halfway down the length of a stick, about one half inch in diameter and about eight inches long. Tie off the top of the stick to keep the split tight using some cords or a section of shoelace. You can use your can knife to cut the cordage or shoelace. You can use it for light cutting and even fillet a fish or use it to cut into another aluminum can to improvise another tool if you don't have a knife. Again, guys, I think there's a lot of cool pictures here that will really help you see these things. Number six, what about wild forage storage? This is nothing more than using the tender trap canteen concept for a different use. You repeat the rim crimping step on one of the cans and then force them together. The good news is you don't need a watertight seal like you would for a canteen. You can also overstuff both sides of the can as long as you get a decent fit when you force both sides together. It's great for collecting and transporting wild berries, sprouts, or anything else you forge while hiking. foraging and trying to find your way out of wherever you are. Number seven, a drinking cup. It seems silly to make a cup out of something designed to hold liquid, but if you're drinking something hot like a, like pine needle tea it's nice to have a handle. This is where a fold along the lip edges of the cup is important. Aluminum edges are very sharp and cutting up your lips while taking a simple sip of tea is not the idea. So the materials is just one soda can and knife or shears. Cut off the top one third of the can leaving a one inch wide strip leading up to the top of the can. Cut 1/4 inch slits every inch down the top of the cut to create bendable tabs. Bend the tabs inward to create a smooth rim and curl the metal strip down to make a handle. Number eight is a candle lantern. A candle lantern can both protect the candle flame from the wind and the reflective interior of the aluminum can will act to reflect light from the lantern. Keeping the top of the can intact and inverting the can will also protect the flame from light rain or snow. Just cut a curved arch opening in the side of the can with a concave bottom up. Drip some candle wax on the inside of the top lid to affix the candle and hope it doesn't get too windy. So that's a good point there where you can even have this lantern even if it's Uh, raining or snowing it would be covered up. Of course you need to protect it from the wind like they, they mentioned here. Number nine I think a lot of people know this one here is the cook stove and heater. This idea may seem complicated but if you've made any of the other soda can tools then you're already familiar with some of the construction process. It requires a flammable liquid which may be problematic in an extreme survival situation But as both a stove and a heater, it is surprisingly effective following a power outage as a result of a natural disaster or another domestic emergency. The fuel of choice is isopropyl rubbing alcohol. 70% alcohol is the standard recommendation. Some people have reported successful results using vodka. The thing to avoid are highly flammable liquids like gasoline, lighter fluid, and kerosene. There is a possibility that they could explode. Alcohol, when used properly, is safer. This concept can be used for cooking or as a heater in a small place. Like any open flame, it consumes oxygen and gives off gases as the alcohol burns. Some ventilation is recommended in enclosed spaces. Outdoors is less of an issue. So the materials are two soda cans, knife or shears, nail or knife point, a coin or a rock, rubbing alcohol or spirits, fuel holding materials such as dried peat, lichen, moss, or fireproof insulation if available. So the directions. Cut the top two-thirds of each can off. Crimp one of the can bottoms around the edge. Make holes around the rim of the second can and five holes in the center. Fill with fabric, cattail fluff, dried moss, lichens, or insulation. Fill the crimped bottom with alcohol. Force the other can half with the holes over the crimped bottom. Pour some alcohol on and around and light. Once lit, drop the coin or rock over the center holes. So I have seen this done before in, in YouTube videos and stuff, even without having any material inside, um, just by using the alcohol. And so this is one of those you know things that you might want to try and, and test out. Uh, one of the, uh, the pictures here looks like uh, they have... Uh, fire started around the can. But anyway, then they have a picture of uh, the actual can burning like it should uh, with, uh, with a penny right in the middle of it. And so I've seen many, many videos throughout the years where people have used this to cook. And uh, it's not very hard to make. You just you know take your time with it. And number 10, survival whistle. A survival whistle can come in handy in a survival situation. But to put it bluntly, making this whistle out of a soda can is a pain in the neck. Here's a link to a video that shows you how you can craft it. It involves a lot of metal folding to keep your lips and tongue safe from the sharp edges. It works, but it's a lot of work and be careful. Don't cut your tongue. So one of the videos that I uh, was going to mention was by by Black Scout Survival. And he makes the uh, the whistle and I didn't think it was too difficult to make. And he has a multi-tool and he's using the scissors on the multi-tool. And it looks like it was pretty quick. I mean, I think the video is only like four minutes long. And in that video, I mean, he takes it from start to finish. And, uh, you know, he, he's actually blowing into it. So it was pretty loud. It was pretty, um, pretty cool to be able to craft something like that. And then number 11, I think a lot of people have heard of this one, the fish hook. So here's another very simple survival solution from a soda can. Only this time you're using the metal pull tabs from the top of the can rather than the can itself. Any fisherman would take one look with a skeptical eye, but if it's all you have, it's worth a try. Of course, this assumes you might have some fishing line, and if you had the foresight to pack some fishing line in a survival kit, it stands to reason you might have included some hooks. All that aside, here's how to make a fish hook from a soda can. The materials you'll need, pull tab from a soda can, and then a knife or wire cutters. Some survival multi-tools have this feature. So cut out a section of the tab, leaving a hook shape. Tie it to your line, bait it, and yank that fish out of the water fast. So it's worth trying a couple of these ideas so you get the hang of dealing with sheet aluminum. Once you've had some success, you may think of other ways you can use a soda can to create all those things you need to survive in the wild. All right, as I was looking up different things and other uses for for, uh, aluminum cans, one of the things that I found were tons and tons of crafts. And uh, you know, I finally had to stop just looking for uses for survival cans or for soda cans, and started having to really uh, narrow it down to survival uses. But if you are one of those people that like to do crafts, and for instance, like in my neighborhood, every so often they have craft shows, and people go and they sell all different kinds of things, things that they've made, little trinket trinkets, different things like that. And so, some of the things that they have used. Uh, are aluminum cans, and so there are tons of things out there like uh, candle holders. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool the way that they they made it look. I thought that was really interesting. They made earrings, uh, butterfly wind chimes. There were some angel ornaments. I thought looked pretty cool. And there was this old-looking vehicle, um, you know, kind of like uh, you know your your old old Model T Fords, but it wasn't a Model T but that's just the best way that I can explain it. Made out of Dr. Pepper soda cans and uh, it was really cool. So if you're looking for ways maybe to make some money and maybe you do drink soda or you have beer cans around, that is something that you could do and you can uh, use it. Again, the the butterfly wind chimes looked really cool and uh, it wouldn't be really hard to make, I don't think, after you get the hang of it. So uh, if you're trying to make money, maybe you want to craft, that's one way to do it. The other thing, again, that, you know, when we're talking about survival uses for aluminum cans, one of the things, again, was that whistle. And I did find that uh, video uh, by Black Scout Survival. I I thought it was really easy. Another thing that I have seen before in uh, all the articles that I have posted on Prepper website are solar heaters. So using aluminum cans and basically you're cutting the top off, the top and the bottom off, and you're creating... Uh, you're putting this in, inside of some kind of a box, covering it up with some kind of a uh, plexiglass and then having an in and out where, uh, you know, some kind of air could come. And a lot of the times, if you want to make it very efficient, you can put on like a small computer, uh, fan that you've salvaged from an old computer that you were going to throw away or whatever. And so people have used that to let the sun, so you paint these, uh, cans black And it's really easy to search for solar heater. But anyway, so you you paint these cans black. You put them in line with each other inside of a box with, you know, the inlet and the outlet with, like I said, some kind of fan where you can push the air through and you have this outside and it heats up the air and then it pushes it back into your home. So if you needed some way to heat up your home, this would be a way to do that. And so you can make this, keep it in a garage, keep it in a shed, only bring it out when you needed it during the winter time. But that's another use for it. And then one of the things that I really remember that I thought was really, really cool, and I couldn't find the link to it, was there was a guy who was making uh, shingles with aluminum uh, cans. And so he was cutting the cans, cutting the top, cutting the bottom, flattening it out. And he had some kind of a press and so, you know, he would put these, uh, sheets of metal basically down and he would press it and it would, it would form into a shingle. And he would use that to, you know, put on a, a house, a dog house, uh, on a house, his own house, whatever. And so if, uh, you had a lot of aluminum cans uh, available to you, that's something that you could possibly use. Um, Maybe not to shingle the whole house, but maybe to uh, repair something if you had to. So that's something that uh, you could could think about and you could do. So anyway, those are other uses for uh, aluminum cans. And I'm sure there's so many other ones. If you think of one or you know of one, don't forget to come over to episode 690. I have a link for you in the show notes. It makes it very easy for you. And drop me a comment and let me know another use that you have thought about or that you have used aluminum cans. Um, again, you know, somebody might say, would well, just collect them and sell them. And uh, yeah, definitely that would be something uh, that you could do with uh, the price of everything going up. I haven't looked at the price of aluminum cans recently, But I bet that the the price of the metal is going up. So uh, that's something that uh, you could consider. Anyway, so there's just a lot of ways that you can reuse and and upcycle, not just aluminum, but all the things that are out there. And some some of the times it's just that you need to have some kind of an idea, you know, get the creative juices moving. And so that you can like, Hey, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to use it in that way, but I've got this other way that I can use it. And so that helps to spark ideas. So hopefully this has been beneficial to you. Well guys, like always, I'm going to link to this uh, article in the show notes so you can go check it out. Like I said, a lot of pictures to get you to see exactly what they're talking about so that uh, if you wanted to start playing around with aluminum cans, maybe you have a DIY project, maybe Boy Scouts, maybe uh, you just want to have some fun. You want to get outside and do something different. uh, You can go check these out over at urbansurvivalsite.com. Well guys, that is it for episode 690. Hey, don't forget about preparedness webinars and helping me get the word out. The more people that are prepared, the better it is for those of us that are prepared, right? I mean, if more people are prepared, more people are getting an idea of uh, what they need to do. I think it's better for everybody. And so I really feel led to, to walk down this way and to, uh, to help people get better prepared. So, um, you know, share that out again, the website is preparednesswebinars.com. I'll have a link to it in the show notes, but uh, if you want to go check it out, but uh, if you can spread the word, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And don't forget if you are wanting to take advantage of that legacy food code, the link is going to be, the link in the code is in the show notes or over at the website. Um, if you are in the market for long-term food storage, def- definitely Legacy Food is the one that I recommend. Well, everyone, that's it for episode 690. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app, and that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to prepperwebsite.com. Where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 hand picked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets, and stay prepped and aware. Peace.